Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. I am super excited today. Um, we have the good fortune to have one of my favorite guests come back for another time. For those of you who don't know, Brian Ridgway is affectionately referred to as the spell breaker. We'll talk about what that means in just a minute. He is the best-selling author of Break Yourself Help Addiction. Um, as he likes to say, he has more testimonials than God. I am one of them. Um, he has helped tens of thousands of people break the spells or you might refer to them as the unconscious limiting beliefs that are holding them back, creating dis-ease, um, discomfort, stress, and a whole lot of other things. I could spend the whole 30 minutes just introducing him, but I'd rather skip to the content. Brian, my friend, thank you so much for coming back. Man, I'm so glad to talk with you again, Seth. All right. So um, our, your last appearance was several years ago. So let's do a quick recap in terms of Tell folks, I'm sure I didn't do it justice, what you do and the short version, because the longer one's in the book that they should go get of how this came about. Yeah, well, I help people to be the infinite, limitless being of power and love and joy and peace that they actually always were. Um, I help people to remember that. Uh, generally, I guess you could say the most, most of the people that come to me are a little bit more advanced, um, so to speak. Most of my uh, the people that come to me have been working on themselves for decades. About 40% of the people that come to me are coaches, therapists, healers, energy workers, people that help others, and they find themselves stuck. And how that came about is even weirder. Uh, I've been doing this since I was three years old. At a very early age, I discovered that it was just automatic for me. You know, like, I have an example that I can keep this really brief, but sometimes someone is born and at two years, three years of age, someone sits them down at a piano, oh, let the baby play the piano, and they start playing the song that they were obviously working on, <laughs> you know, whenever they left the last body or whatever, however that works, right? So as you say, a prodigy or whatever, um, I have the weird realization that around three, I could look at a person, hear them talk for a few seconds, and I could see how they were holding themselves back, how they were harming themselves. And I could tell them and help them to change it. And so uh, this, it was a kind of a curse almost. I, I guess today I look at it as something of, of a gift, but back then it was more like a curse because I would just meet someone and I could see exactly how they were harming themselves and tell them. And uh, that freaked a lot of people out. <laughs> I would imagine, especially if you were three, four or five years old saying your problem is X, Y, and Z when they didn't ask and have no context. Right. They could take that the wrong way. That's kind of yeah. like, you know, being a psychic and going, no, I shouldn't read every person I meet. I should probably, you know, wait and see if they actually want help. Right. And I took 42 years to come around <laughs> and realize, oh, help people that want it. Oh, duh. So, yeah. Awesome. And you've been doing this as, quote unquote, as a business for, I believe, last 12 to 15 years. 12 years, yeah. Yes. What are some of the most common misconceptions about 
the way you work because most of the people, as you mentioned, have tried other things before, right? The title of the book was Break Yourself Help Addiction, which implies that those of us, me included, who got into self-help and personal development kind of became, for lack of a better term, junkies for it and are on this up until now perennial cycle of trying to find the next shiny object that we think will help. And then we get excited for a little bit. We feel better for a little bit. And then we go back to our old patterns because we never broke our spells. We never got rid. We never truly changed. It was a bandaid as opposed to a cure. So talk a little bit about that and why your process is kind of so different from everything else that's out there. Mm, to start to answer that, I was a self-help junkie. And there's a reason why the phrase self-help junkie is there, you know? And so I tell you what, I, I have what might be slightly, it's humorous to me anyway. Someone once said that of all the things that humans have invented to prevent themselves from discovering their divinity, the most powerful thing they ever created was religion. Like if you want to create something to prevent you from finding out you are God, although I don't use that word the way most people do, that you are the source, just go in religion for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and you'll never, you'll always be pointed away from the fact that you are that. Okay. Well, I say that of all the things humans ever created to prevent themselves from being free, the self-help industry is the most perfect thing that they devise. It's full. I'm not knocking any guru. I'm not criticizing anybody out there. Tony Robbins, Eckhart Tolle, love them all. Wonderful. I'm just saying that you've got this giant field of conflicting information, partial solutions, people who read The Secret, and now they're a law of attraction coach. (laughs) <laughs> because they read the secret. It's not working for them. It's not working for anybody, that they, but they know how to get clients and, and sell it. So when you have people selling information that they don't know for sure it works for anyone and it didn't work for them, that's going to be a mess. For me, I'm on this planet to do what I'm doing and I don't know anything. And since I don't know anything, I'm able to access everything. And that's what I do when I'm communicating with a person. I see, I hear what they say, and I am able to see what they believe and what they think and what they're feeling. And I can help them if they want. I can help them to unknow what they know that's bringing about their pain. Which is a beautiful, beautiful experience. I know because I've been through it multiple times. So let's talk about... What are some examples, so for our folks who aren't familiar with your work, what are some examples of how a spell might manifest and what a quote-unquote spell might be, and how would we know if we had them? Okay, I'll use an example. So, you know, one of the things that I do, I do group programs, I do one-on-one, blah, blah, blah. At the highest level of work that I do, people come out and spend four days with me in Hawaii for the kind of intimate, like, let's remake your entire life. And and so something's very fresh for me, a gentleman that's, that's here from Australia right now, we're, we did two days, taking today off, and we're going to spend the next two days together. And on the first day, he had a memory come up. So he is he has felt emotionally distant not as connected with his wife and kids as he want to be. He felt that he was always trying to hold people close to him and yet not sometimes holding people in relationship with him that he didn't even want to be around, but he just had this feeling of clutching at people and holding, making sure he was pleasing them. And he had this memory of being uh, six years old and they were on a family holiday in Venice and he was at this water fountain 
this beautiful, you know, a decorative fountain and they decided to play hide and seek. He closed his eyes. He counts when he opens his eyes, he can't find his family. And his parents actually had walked into a store and basically forgot about him. Oh my God. <laughs> so he has this terrible panic. Well, as if that weren't bad enough, when his mom finds him, his parents have no idea how to handle their own emotions. So they couldn't handle his emotions, which is super common. She comes and tells him, oh, don't be so silly. Oh, you calm down. You're being so silly. So for the rest of his life, he didn't know why he didn't want anybody to get out of his sight. <laughs> and he's always choking his emotions down to not be silly. So by helping him to, this memory comes up, we go through the spell breaking process. I help him to ask some questions. I have him bring up his emotions, feel his emotions by looking at it in the way that I do. We undid all of that emotion that has been literally choking this man for 50 plus years. All these emotional attachments come apart. His feeling of being abandoned, that he, he's not safe, all comes apart. And this dude like is born again, to, to use a religious phrase. He, he's living a completely different life. And whether it's someone's weight, a health issue, a relationship issue, a money issue, a business, it doesn't matter. They're all exactly the same thing. It's a combination of thoughts and beliefs bound up with emotions that need to be digested. I will give you, um, give another example from my own life. My most recent testimonial for you has been that from the age of 12 to, oh, about a couple months ago, I had experienced at various points in time, a collection of symptoms that Western medicine design, Western medicine defined as a certain chronic condition. And one of my favorite things that you say, and I know it's one of yours because you say it a lot, is the only thing keeping you in that is what you think and believe that you know. And you have told me that for years and years and years. And I never really, I never allowed myself to get it until in November, the light bulb finally went off and I stopped labeling myself as sick and I stopped defining myself that way. And I was for, I had this epiphany and I was able to let go of what I thought I knew and literally could see the physical difference in my health in less than 24 hours later. And I've had temporary, I've had reprieves, I've had remissions, but it felt different that time. And I've noticed that I have since eaten foods that would normally have sent me running to the bathroom and would have, I would have been able to see the negative impact right away that now have no effect on me whatsoever. I love it's, what I do, man. I it's love like a what totally I do. different experience. <laughs> I love what I do. And I love hearing that. And when I see someone's health, I mean, if for anything to change, you know, relationship, it's all wonderful. And for someone to have a, a chronic, so to speak, health condition like that, that's that unenjoyable and have it change like that is so freaking beautiful. I love it, man. I love and it. I would say I fell for the well-intentioned doctors over decades using the word chronic, which then if I believe that, well, of course it's going to stick around. When you get that you are so infinitely powerful that when you believe and hold something to be true, you're going to get endless evidence of it. When you admit that you're that powerful. See, a lot of people don't want to admit that because they think that that's going to get, if I admit that I'm that powerful, well, then I'm responsible for everything. Wait a minute. If you admit that you're that powerful and you're responsible for everything, take one more breath and you'll realize that means you can actually change 
anything personal or global. So that's not bad news. You know, that's a wonderful thing to discover. So yeah, man. There's, it's funny that you bring that up. There's a book that is not necessarily a self-help book. It's by um, a Navy SEAL called Extreme Ownership, which talks about how in the SEALs, every person is taught everything is your fault. Everything is your responsibility. Somebody getting shot 20 feet away from you is on you because you didn't do whatever to get so that that wouldn't have happened. And they say very few people can take that level of every single thing in my life is up to me. And now the inspirational part would be, I have the power to change it all. But people, as you've seen, get overwhelmed by that and can't don't allow themselves to own that they have that much power. Well, okay. So there's something you said in there, Seth. There's something you said there, so that's absolutely critical. And I believe it's probably the most, maybe the most most valuable thing that we can do for whoever's hearing this um, podcast and who knows what it might do to you as well and me. I have said for years, I had this thing just come through me one time, 100% total personal responsibility equals 100% total personal freedom. I was unaware of that fact with the SEALs. It, it makes sense to me. What I see is that the issue is you said two different sentences. You said everything is your fault. Everything is your responsibility. Most of us have blurred through our unconscious parents' unawareness of how they taught us. We learn that responsibility equals blame, which leads to fault and punishment and all these other things. Responsibility does not carry that freight. That is not what responsibility is. Responsibility is that I have the infinite, ever-present ability to respond to whatever presents itself in front of me. Now, I go one step further. Whatever presents itself in front of me is me. And if I have alienated myself from it, I'll think it's something bad and I'll want to get rid of it or get away from it, including diseases and other things. Basically, everything that shows up in your world that you don't like is part of you that you have disowned and it will never stop coming at you. And so if you can take responsibility and be curious, how is that me? How is that for me? then you take responsibility for your ability to respond. You now have the power to alter anything and everything without limit. Which is absolutely beautiful. One of my favorite quotes that isn't you is, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. Uh, comes from a Dr. Corey Malnikoff who says, who you are affects how well what you do works. And it's been so true for me. I've noticed that our businesses didn't take off each, didn't go through another significant growth rate because we learned some new whiz-bang marketing technique. It was because I grew as a person. It's because I grew spiritually. It's because I became a bigger vessel, better container, and the business grew to meet me. Are you okay with me throwing a little uh, jet fuel on that fire that you got burning there? Is that okay? Please. All right. Technically, I'm going to offer, what if growing as a person isn't true? And what if it matters? What if it's not about growing into a better person? What if it's about letting go of a lie that lets you be more of what you are? I find that one of the, one of the imprisoning things, I always say self-improvement is booby-trapped. And what I mean is that the self can't improve. You can only let go of the lies that you were limiting yourself by. You can't grow. You are the infinite eternal source. So you can't grow. You can't improve. What you can do is let go of the BS 
that you were using to limit yourself so that you could fit in? So would another, would an analogy that illustrates that point be like Michelangelo saying there was a block of granite. David was in there all along. I just cut everything out that wasn't David. hundred percent, hundred percent. You're letting go of the, of the illusion that there's something wrong with you in the first place. So, so, you know, what did they give us when we were kids? A couple things. One is nobody's perfect. Another one is no pain, no gain. We all bought that crap. A hook, line, and stinker. <laughs> and we've been choking on it ever since. I say you are perfect. Just look at what the actual definition of you are complete in yourself. You're absolutely perfect. You have no flaws, no faults. Humans don't have faults and flaws. They program that into us so that they could control us. And guess what? I take responsibility that I'm the source that set it up to where those people would do those things. I must have had a reason. And now I'm waking up from that dream and life is amazing. Now, the majority of folks who are going to listen to this or watch this are most likely to be business owners or entrepreneurs of some type. Why is this even more important as a business owner and an entrepreneur? Well, okay, just to be perfectly, you know, authentic myself, I I wouldn't say it's more important. I would say it's equally important. And, you know, many, many years ago, I heard many, God, way too many years ago, I heard Zig Ziglar say, you can't be one kind of person and a different kind of salesperson. And I know he meant that to a limit. With the work that I do, I say something like it with no limit. And that is, you can't be one type of entrepreneur or business person and another type of person. Because when you wake up in the morning, you eat your breakfast and then you put your business hat on, guess who's under the freaking hat, baby? It's you with everything you believe, everything you think, everything you know, every emotion that you're choking down, every undigested emotional trauma that you have ever had still there bouncing around and reflecting in your life. So how are you gonna build a business or an enterprise bigger, and more fluid and more enjoyable than you're building your life. You can't, it's with the same thing. Your business is an extension of who you are, period. And all, everything you believe about limiting yourself, everything you believe about why you shouldn't have, everything you believe about your deservability and your worthiness and everything else is gonna reflect in everything, including your business. If you let yourself have it, you're gonna punish yourself for it in other ways. Most people just don't don't let themselves have it. They limit their success by believing in things like success and failure. (laughs) And we could do a whole session just on that. So I have, um, you have a number of different programs on different topics. I've recently participated in what you know, the Abundance Accelerator and your ultimate identity. Do you want to talk just a little bit about those and the other programs that I'm either not aware of or haven't participated in? Sure, yeah. And you know, one thing you know about me, said like I love sales. I'm when I was in sales, I was like a god of sales. Like I love sales. I think it's wonderful. And since I started doing this work, I basically quit selling it. Like I have a team that does what's necessary to put it in front of people so they can buy it. I really don't sell it. I look at it as the same thing. I if someone wants my help, I help. If they find out what I do, and so I don't really like uh, use the sales techniquey stuff anymore. Um, I have a bunch of courses that I've created. They're all timeless. Like the, the, if, I, if I did a program three years ago and someone went through it and didn't know it wasn't live, they wouldn't, they wouldn't know it wasn't live. There's no like datedness to anything that I do. 
every program that I do, whether it's an entrepreneur program or a, a health and body program or a relationship program, intimacy program, it's really the same thing. I'm helping the person to look at the part of their life that they want to change, something they want more of and other things they want less of. I help them to find out how they're responsible, how they're the ones bringing, it's not just they created it, it's they're creating it right now with everything they think and believe that they know and what they're feeling. It's reflecting. I help them see how what they are carrying is reflecting as their universe and how to reach in and change those things. That's really how simple it is. And um, I, we actually, for the first time ever, I just launched what some would call a weight loss program. It's just that there's it has nothing to do with weight. When you release what you're holding, your body returns automatically to its perfect weight. There's no, no, I mean, weight loss is the biggest friggin' lie almost that's ever been sold. <laughs> so we're actually, you know, now stepping into that realm, helping people with that as well. And when you say yes to your health, you don't have to ever think about your weight again. And that's the core of that program. Fascinating. I haven't taken that one. Uh, <laughs> no weight to lose, but. I just yeah. alienated all the women listening, but that's okay. Um, so your passion is always obvious. What do you like best about what you do? Two things. Actually, there's two things I love most about what I do. Number one is that I'm doing what I am, so I'm not working. Number two, when someone tells me, or either I watch them reverse age 15 years in front of my eyes, like this guy that's here from Australia, or they tell me, hey, Brian, this chronic health issue that has been so unenjoyable for me. I went through one of your freaking sessions and it's gone. Like it's gone. And that to see when you and I got on this call, it's been years since we were face to face. When we got on, I saw that smile on your face. That's what I love most about what I do. That is beautiful. Is there a plan? Uh, are you working on another book? Dude, I am working on another book. Wow. And it's been seven years. It's time, right? Um, I wrote the first book, Break Yourself Help Addiction, and the, the title was a joke and it stuck and it's worked. The only thing is that millions and millions and millions of people who might look at that book, look at that cover, and they don't identify as a self-help junkie, they don't know that book would change their life. So I'm now writing the book that I really want to write, which basically is, is, it'll be my life's work. I'm basically putting everything in it, what the universe is, what you actually are, how to verify what you and the universe are, the idea of oneness, taking it from being an idea and how to actually live in oneness. And um, there's, I'll take one more minute on this, if I may. So, you know, Break Your Self-Help Addiction is focused on self-help and spirituality and all of those things. This book, what I find is that the vast majority of people who identify as spiritual, when they finally get honest, they admit that they're really frustrated, that they get the idea that all is one. They get the idea that everything is energy. They get the idea that they're creating reality. And they're totally frustrated and stuck that they can't seem to integrate it and live it 100%. And I actually have the very weird ability to help those people, very advanced students, you know, to actually step in and live oneness. And so that's what this next book's really going to be aimed at. Any idea when it might be coming out? 
Yeah, I believe we'll uh, be launching at the 1st of March. Okay. Well, we will have to have you back on again to, to talk about it when it comes out. Let's do it, man. All right. Well, we know your time's incredibly valuable and you have someone there at your highest level of service. Um, we greatly appreciate you taking some time with us. Um, Brian, where can our viewers and our listeners go to get a copy of the book and to learn more about the amazing resources you offer? Ah, oh, beautiful. I'll give two websites. Um, one is breakyourselfhelpaddiction.com. It is available on Amazon. Um, breakyourselfhelpaddiction.com, no hyphens. And then uh, level5mentoring.com. That's level and the number five mentoring.com is where all my programs you can find out about. All, and I've got tons of free resources. I, nobody ever needs to hire me. I got so much free stuff out there. It's just some people look at it and say, hey, I think I'd like to get closer to that. So that those are all, all those options are at level5mentoring.com. All right. This has been Seth Green with Brian Ridgeway from level5mentoring.com. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. I enjoyed it, man. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time.